coming up next on the Wet Fly Swing podcast. Anyways, it's quite a fascinating history. Now that that trench or that um, that canal that they built, obviously, I think they said it only like they only kind of ran a few steam paddlers through it, and then they don't they never used it after like a few months or something like that. Anyways, so the the Columbia system, like where where I grew up, it was its headwaters, right? And where you are, it's like that's the terminal point, right? That's where it meets the ocean. So it is such a massive drainage, like. Oh man, it's such a massive drainage. It's so cool. That was Derek Bird taking us into the headwaters of one of the great Western rivers. Coastal cutthroat bull trout and a journey around the great BC fishing destinations today on The Swing. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Hey, how's it going today? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show. Want to give a uh, reminder, we have a great new position with this podcast. We're looking for an account manager who loves events, traveling, and engaging with the community. You can go to wetflyswing.com slash manager right now uh, to uh, find out how to join the team. You can check out that page and actually enter and uh, fill out your information right there. Today's episode is sponsored by Drifthook, who has... Pre-packed fly assortments for every stage of your fly fishing journey. Each kit is organized by species and includes instructional videos, easy-to-follow guides. Their fly shop quality flies are hand-tied and inspected before being packed in these careful, durable packs. And I can tell you, these are sweet little fly boxes. Check them out right now. Uh, Drifthook, wetflyswing.com slash D-R-I-F-T-H-O-O-K. Drifthook. Today's episode is sponsored by Zag.Fish, who creates ethically sourced premium fly tying materials with their 5D brushes. These are the Fairflies brushes that we've talked about before. Zag.Fish is the place you can go to pick up Fairflies products and the other stuff they have going on in the fly tying uh, niche. 5D brushes contain the perfect proportions to tie great streamer, bass flies, saltwater flies, and we're going to be using some of these flies even more as we do some of these saltwater trips. You can check out uh, zag.fish right now by heading over to wetflyswing.com slash zag. That's Z-A-G. Derek Bird, founder of Fly Fusion Magazine, takes us all around BC today as we focus on the best places if you're planning a trip uh, out to British Columbia. We get the insight also into his new book and find out uh, where he is taking Fly Fusion Magazine next. We get the whole rundown on the history and his connection, his brother and him, how they've put together this uh, this great uh, magazine and program. And we also find out who Skeed Brokowski is. You need to know Skeed. We actually have uh, this guy coming on the podcast here early next year. So we talk about Skeed Brokowski in this uh, unnamed area, uh, unnamed rivers of BC. So we talk about that. But uh, okay, let's get into this one. So without further ado, here we go. Derek Bird from Fly Fusion Magazine. How you doing, Derek? I'm doing really well, Dave. Yeah, I've been excited to come on your podcast and chat with you. So nice, nice. Yeah, this is going to yeah. be fun. I, um, you know, BC is one of my, you know, it's the places I always, uh, I kind of love. You know, I've been up there for Skeena Steelhead. I've done some stuff nice. with uh, Phil Roy, and and I hope to get up there more. I know there's, we've done some episodes. It seems like whenever we do episodes in BC, they're always big ones. I think, I think Brian Niska 
uh, was yeah. the last one we did, and he really dug into just Steelhead. Like, just it, it was right. a good it was a good episode and re- very popular. So I'm sure this one will be a good one as well because you're the <laughs> Fly, Fly Fusion magazine is one of the biggest magazines, you know, obviously in North America, but maybe in the world. I don't yeah. know. It seems like it's out there everywhere. And then, and then you got a yeah. bunch of other things going on. We're going to talk it. Maybe some bull trout today. Maybe some uh, top places to head to if you're heading to BC. But um, before we get into Fly Fusion, and everything, bring us back to uh, how you first got into fly fishing. Oh man. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think I was like, um, man, I was like a super young kid, right? Like my, my family, I was kind of born into it really. Like my, um, my dad, he fly fished and my grandfather, he fly fished. And so it was kind of like a passing of the torch in a way where it just became like, like, Hey, I mean, you fish. And my dad was, he was pretty smart though. Right? Like he didn't, uh, he didn't start me out as a fly angler. And I think that that's like really important just because like as a kid, you just want to catch fish, right? You don't care how you do it. You just kind of want to catch fish. And then at about nine years old, I like, uh, I saw that my dad did it like that. He did it differently. And I'm like, oh man, I, I want to fish like that. And so at about nine years old, we just, uh, I think I took his gear a lot of times, right? He'd be at work and I'd kind of go and rummage through his stuff. And so a lot of it was kind of like self-learning, right? Like, oh, this is how dad does it. So and this is what he does it with. And, uh, and there was like, there was this cool little lake It was about four or five kilometers from our house. And my brother and I, we used to strap our rods onto our bikes with binder twine and we used to ride to the lake and, and, uh, and just kind of learn the ropes from there. Right. And it was such a cool, cool way to grow up. And then, uh, and then as I got older, like I, like you said, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a BC boy. Right. So I grew up in British, British Columbia and, you know, the older we'd get, like say at 14, 15, you know, you're, uh, you're, uh, like the, the kind of geography, it kind of expands or you're, you kind of look at things a little bit different. You're like, you know what, that, that lake maybe is not enough anymore. So let's ride out to, you know, let's ride our bikes out to this little stream or that little stream. And then we'd go out and we'd, you know, fish for the day and we'd learn what boundaries we could push. And, you know, we'd, but, but we, a lot of it was kind of self-taught like back then, like, you know, growing up in the eighties, it was like there wasn't there wasn't kind of that flood of information that we have today, right? Where it's like so accessible, you really had to you really had to go out and search for information in order to get it. And so, so a lot of the stuff that we learned, you know, you'd you'd pick up on stream, like you'd run into like a, you know, maybe a guide or like an old timer, right, that had been out there, and he might toss you a tip or two, and and you'd kind of go with that, and you'd feel like you're on top of the world because you know you got this new tip or something, and. And, uh, so that, that was kind of it, right? Like, and I, and the place that I grew up was, you know, today it's become such a destination, right? Like I grew up in the Kootenays and, and, uh, and I, you know, just what a place to grow up kind of, um, in the, like geography wise, it's called the Rocky mountain trench and which spans, like, it basically spans for, I would say 90% of British Columbia. It heads like kind of right from way up near like Northern BC up up in the Prince George area, all the way down to, you know, basically Montana. And, um, and it's just this large trench and there's just rivers everywhere. Mm. Right. And just like, and famous rivers too, man. Like, yeah. it's, uh, so I was very, you know, very, very fortunate to, to grow up in, in that area and, and just kind of, yeah, it was, it was all about, all about West Slope cutthroat when I was younger. And then as I got older, I started to learn that there were bigger, bigger types of fish there too. And, right. And those are the bull trout. So, oh, yeah, right. so that was kind of, kind of my journey is um, very much kind of like where I grew up and the family I grew up in. It was very much like if you didn't fly fish, 
man, it was, you know, you were kind of missing out, right? Because it's like, it would be like, uh, I don't know, it'd be like living in Hollywood and not watching movies. So, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then bull trout <laughs> is one of those species that you don't, you know, you don't hear about a lot. I mean, their distribution, you know, it was probably a lot wider, obviously, back in the day. But now, I mean, you guys still, is bull trout still a pretty uh, popular fish that people are chasing up there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, very much so. You know, what's funny is that like, you know, at, at kind of like, you know, early on in my kind of fishing career, I guess you could say, it was all like, it was all West Slope cutthroat because I didn't even know that there were bull trout in the rivers, right? Because like I said, it wasn't, you know, where, like at that time, the Kootenays, it wasn't popular to fish. And so there wasn't a lot of information in an era where there wasn't a lot of information. And so, you know, so we didn't really know that there were like these massive, you know, bull trout, they're not actually trout, they're, they're a char, but, um, but we didn't even know that there was these massive fish and like, because they're, you know, they're very, um, they're nomadic in a way, right? Like so it's, they, they don't just kind of sit in one place. A lot of times they, they kind of move around and at different times of the year, mm-hmm. you know, they're in different places. And so, so, you know, every once in a while, I think that maybe the very first time that I, that I kind of got a sniff of it is like, I was dry fly fishing in this one little stream and, and, uh, you know, this age, it was probably an eight inch West slope came up and hit my fly and I was bringing it in. Then all of a sudden there was like this, this massive, it was probably, I don't know, maybe like a 10 or 12 pound fish. Oh, wow. That, that was chasing after this little cutthroat. And I, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know that there were fish that big. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, and so I, I was kind of baffled by that. I didn't land it. I remember not landing that fish, but I oh, can wow. remember so, seeing it. So the trout ate your fly and it ate the trout. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so like, I can remember seeing this massive fish latched on and, um, and then kind of like wondering what was going on and then realizing that, that I had actually no clue what was actually happening kind of right under my nose. Right. <laughs> and then there was like uh there was an old timer that was my dad's friend and he was, he was talking, he knew that I fly fish. He was talking one day about, you know, about how there's these, these massive fish in the rivers that, that we fish and nobody knows about them. And I was like, I was so fascinated by what he was talking about. Hmm. And I, and then he was, you know, he's talking like sizes. Oh yeah. Like up to, you know, up to like 15 pounds. And I'm like, Damn. no way. I said, no way. That That's <laughs> not, no way. And, and he's like, yeah, no, no, I'll, and I'll, he's all draw your map on where to, where to go. Right. Like right now, this is where you're going to go. So he drew us this map and to this like Canyon that I'd never been to before on this river that I'd never been to before. And it was kind of like, you know, as a kid, it was like, and, and when I'm saying a kid, I'm saying like, you know, 15, yeah. 16, 17, 17 yep. right? It was like, you're like driving, you have, you're driving there well, now. Well, exactly, exactly. And you couldn't have like kind of X marked the spot better for me, right? Like, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have cared if it was like, you know, I wouldn't have been happier if it was a treasure chest. You know what I mean? Like, oh, wow, like the, the thought of the thought of like, like him drawing a map for me and and my buddies and kind of like saying, this is, this is where you're going to go. And this is how you're going to fish for them. And yeah, and by the way, you can fly fish for them. And man, it was like, it was like this whole new world opened up for us. Right. And so it was, uh, it was very much, and we did. So we, you know, we went to where he was talking about and sure enough, we started to hook into these fish. And from then on, it was kind of a, it was kind of a, okay, now we got to, you know, these fish are in here. So now we got to, you know, figure out kind of how to catch them and, because, because, you know, they, you know, they're migratory, right? And yep. so they're, so they're here, you know, they're, they're in certain places sometimes and they're, they're kind of in different places at different times. And so it's very much, uh, 
kind of a finding game as opposed to like, I think once you found them, you know, they're very much a meat eater, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so they're, uh, so it's not, I, I wouldn't say it's difficult to catch them once you've found where they're at because, because, you know, it, it, you know, you figure out kind of what type of meat is smaller yeah. than them in the, in the streams. Right. And it's like, you know, it's cutthroat and it's whitefish and, you know, sculpin. And so, so that's the meat that's smaller than them. And that's what they'll, you know, that's what they'll mow on. And so, uh, wow. so, you know, so you start to throw these big streamers and, you know, we started to fish eight weight rods and, you know, str big streamers with sink tips. And, and then you figure out kind of at different times of year, what they're, what they're into. And, you know, every once in a while you can nymph for them and, and, uh, and find some fish that way too. Right. And so, so there's just, there's different ways to, different ways to get them, but. I love the map is so cool. I, uh, we actually had a cool story. One of our trips up to the Skeena, some guy up in, I can't remember if it was terrace somewhere up there. He basically drew us this map of like, cause we went into the Skeena, like put rafts in and floated down through the Canyon, not knowing, never being in it. And, uh, and he drew us this map. It was like, okay, here's where you got to like stay ride or die in this rapid. You know, he had all these little, you know, <laughs> and it was this crazy thing where, you know, it was like literally a napkin, you know, a, a napkin map, but oh, or whatever. And, and it worked though. Yeah. I mean, it worked good enough to, to keep us, you know, alive, but I love the maps right. because, you know, you talk to somebody who knows it, they draw you a little map and now you get in there. And that's kind of what I want to do today really is kind of have a, you know, a map, a, a digital map today right. of like where people could go if they're heading up there. I do also want to highlight sure, yeah. Brian Chan, episode 243. We had Brian on and he oh, broke what down. A gem. Yeah, totally. Yeah. He broke down like BC steel, uh, still water, like fishing and kind of sure. that stuff. So I'll put that in the show notes as well. But, but yeah, no, this is good. I mean, I think there's a lot of way bull trout. I definitely want to dig in today. Um, you know, and, and also some other places to fish, but let's, let's go back to the fly fusion magazine. Cause this is kind of a, a, ma a major thing here. Talk about how you go from the, <laughs> the 17 year old fishing for chasing bull trout to a, to a magazine. Yeah. What a great question. Um, I think it was, uh, so it's a bit of a long story. I, I won't go too much into it, but, it, but it is a bit of a long story. It's, um, I think that that uh it probably started or the kernel of the idea probably started with um with my dad and my brother actually and there was uh you know there's some talk about you know the fact that there was no big trade show up in canada like in western canada at the time and uh and my dad he was kind of recently retired and my brother um he was my brother is very much like uh i would i would say he's kind of a marketing genius and uh and so they were, they kind of got together with kind of a few people that had approached them who had said, yeah, there's no kind of big, you know, fly fishing trade show in Western Canada. So what do you guys want to do about that type thing? And they're like, oh yeah, well, you know, we can figure something out. And so they very much did. And so, so it kind of started out, the magazine kind of started out as like, yeah, if we're going to start this, you know, Western Canadian fly fishing exposition, then we better have like a, you know, a trade magazine to go along with it. And so it started out, the idea started out there, but then it was like, Hey, wait a second. There's not like, there's not really kind of a, you know, a magazine for, you know, Western Canada, a fly fishing magazine. So why don't we like start to market that? And so all of a sudden the idea went there and then it, and then it kind of like, was like, Hey, wait a second. Like, like there's a lot of people that kind of look at Canada as a destination and that would probably be interested in, you know, in a magazine that, that, uh, that featured, you know, you know, Canadian writers and that type of thing. And so, so it became that, and then it became kind of like very much international. And so it just kind of, and, and I, you know, you know, I, I explained that in like, you know, whatever it was a minute and a half or two minutes, but that, that was kind mm -hmm. of like, 
you know, essentially 10 years worth of work, right? That's awesome. <laughs> what is the, uh, so there, what is the Eastern Canada magazine of the comparable? Is there, there one out there? Uh, no, not anymore. No. no, there, there used to be one, but, um, and I can't remember what it was called, but there was one when we, when we first started. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. I think it was called the, maybe the Canadian fly fisher or something like that. Gotcha. But it was yeah. very much, yeah, it was very much Eastern, like right. Eastern based. And yeah. So, um, so yeah, anyways, and my brother, yeah. So my brother called me up one day and, and said, you know, I got this idea for this magazine. And so we, you know, we kind of threw around some ideas and I said to him, I said to him, you know, I, I, you know, I'm kind of, a, I'm kind of a conundrum. I don't know if a conundrum is right or maybe hypocritical or I don't know, you know, call it what you want to call it. But, but like, I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of just like the next flyingler, right? Where it's like, it's like, yeah, you got, you know, you got secrets and, and you don't want to share all your secrets, but, right. but then, but then, you know, I, you know, I'm part of a magazine that that's, that's what we're about, right? We're kind of about like, yeah. you know, sharing the best tips and tricks. And, but then I, there's a few that I really keep kind of close to home. Some of my secrets, I kind of keep close to home. But anyways, my brother, he, he said, you know, I, we've got this idea for this magazine. Do you want to be involved? Cause he knew my passion for fly fishing. Then he also knew my education background, which I have a, you know, I have a degree in communications and English lit and English literature. And so he knew that I knew how to kind of dot mm -hmm. I's and cross T's and such. So he's like, how'd you like to, you know, kind of cross passion with, uh, with kind of some of your, you know, your knowledge base. And, and I said, yeah, I said, that would be really cool. And so then we kind of set out to figure out a name for it. And yep. that, that's always cool, right? That yeah. creative process is, yep. Well, and your brother, I, I want to dig more into that because this is interesting with your brother. But so how did the fly fusion, how did that come? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's like, I love that creative process, right? Like that's, and it, it was kind of like we had some partners at the time that were like, uh, they had like a, you know, a fly fishing TV show. And so they they kind of partnered with us. And, and so it was kind of, there was about four or five of us that were throwing around names. And it was interesting because back then it was just, it was basically just email, right? So you, you, you know, you'd email out a name, you'd be like, you know, like, a, how about like, you know, you'd email out like casting Creole or something like yeah. that. And then like, it would take like five days for people to get back to you. Cause it was such a, like a, you know, an awful name. Right. right. And, <laughs> and then, and then like, yeah. uh, and then, you know, you'd kind of throw out other names and, you know, you knew it was a half decent name if yeah. somebody got back to you in like a day, but it was interesting one night. And this was after kind of about two weeks of brainstorming for the name. One night I was just, you know, kind of head on the pillow and, and I think that's kind of when some of the best creative ideas come, right? Mm -hmm. Your head's on the pillow and yep. you're kind of half asleep. And and I was kind of bouncing around like word plays and that's what I was doing. And then I was like, fly, fly, fusion, fly. And so I kind of threw around this fly fusion and and I was like, oh, that's that's like, a, you know, a great idea. I was thinking like in my mind, I thought, oh, that sounds good or it could work, right? Yeah. And so, so I emailed that the next morning, I kind of got up and emailed that. And that was kind of a, that was a 10 minute response one where it was like kind of within 10 minutes, everybody had emailed back and yeah, said, that's it. That's, that's the one. It. And you're just like, you feel like you're on top of the world, right? Cause one of your creative ideas, like, like you're probably somebody that that's very creative too, just in the type of work that you do. Right. Yeah. And so, so you know that there's like, that as a creative person, that there's a lot of creativity that falls flat. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. But then, and, yeah, and then there's even some, there's, that's, that's exactly <laughs> it. And then there's even some that's like, that's, that's good, but it's like, but it's not quite, maybe top shelf or whatever. Right. Yeah. And so, so you kind of learn after a while that, you know, that even a good creative idea, if it's not accepted, that, that that's just the way it is. Right. Yeah. That's kind of, and so there's no kind of, 
kind of hurt. But I think as kids or, you know, when we're young, we think kind of all of our ideas are the best ideas in the world, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's a good tip for people that are that are getting into it or, want, you know, is that, yeah, most of it's not going to, you know, 80% of it is going to fail. So you got to be good with with that. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, you know, the other thing is, is you could try something, you know, I mean, even the name, I mean, you could even try a right. name for something and it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world if you have to change that, right? Even a website. Yeah, I no, mean, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you could have changed, yeah. you know, and even now, I mean, rebranding, right? I mean, we, we're in the process of, of thinking about doing a little bit of a rebrand next year. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, well, you know, gosh, what's the worst that could happen? You know, I mean, the worst that could happen is, you know, maybe, maybe people don't love it and, it, you know, and yeah. then we could always go back, you know, it's not like the end of the world. I think the worst right. thing would be if you're not testing things, because if you're not right. testing, then you're staying stagnant, right? Yes, that's very true. Yes. Yeah. We, we went through a bit of a rebrand just kind of two years ago mm. where we kind of redesigned like, you know, the cover format and all that. And, and same thing, right? It's like, you know, we got some really, really positive feedback on it. And uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that was, yeah, it was really yeah. good. But yeah. That's but that's cool, cool that, that you guys are kind of thinking in that direction too. And kind of. Yeah. Well, we're, you know, we're always thinking. And I, again, I think everybody should if you have a business is like, okay, you know, how, how are we, how are we growing? How are we doing? How are we serving our people? You know, and like, again, yeah. I think that if you're trying new things, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think our idea is that we're going to be just expand out a little more. I mean, I guess that's always the thing. Like, can you grow? Sure, yeah. in, in, you know, expanding to new markets. Well, and I think, and I think that's kind of that's kind of what the magazine did too, right? And like I said, my brother, he's a marketing genius, and you know, it was it was we were just print at first, like very much just print, and then and then he was like he was like, well, you know what, we could you know we could have a TV show, and so. So we kind of looked into that space and sure enough, like there was room for us in that space too. And then, and then we are kind of like, you know, some of the, some of the brains behind fly fusion magazine are also, um, you know, some of the brains behind like the international fly fishing film festival. And so, oh, yeah. so we're kind of like, we're kind of like, Oh, we could do like IF four, right. We could, yeah. um, you know, we could have our own film festival as well. And so, so it, be, it became very much kind of a, you know, this, this trifecta of like, you know, kind of each brand kind of works with the other brand and yeah exactly and, uh, yeah and it, and it very much becomes that and yeah. and uh, so yeah. then so then it becomes a very recognizable right like where you uh you know where where we've got a lot of people that are super invested in our print and yeah you know love the love the fact that it's you know very educational and that they can still kind of have have uh what's the word for it maybe like tactile information in mm -hmm. front of them right where they're actually like where they're actually like touching it, where so much of, you know, some, so much of the information that we have right now is, I don't know if the word, if the word ephemeral is, is the correct yeah. word, but it's kind of like, it is. it's out, it's out there. And, and, yeah. you know, because there's so much of it, you know, what's here today is gone tomorrow, right? Totally. And, and not in depth. That's the other thing. That's what's cool about the podcasting space. Like this interview right now we're doing is that right. it's hard to find an interview out there. I mean, I know you've done some podcasts, which is amazing, but finding that mm. long form, you know, interview yes. content, like you can't do, you, there's nowhere else you're going to find you, you being, you know, and it's cool right. because if you could write a blog post or you can do something online, but it's usually, you know, it's short and people aren't going to read the whole thing or that's going to be exactly quick, right. So yeah. that's, that's yeah. the power of that. And the print. So you guys, it sounds like you're not going away from print because you do see magazines <laughs> like field and stream, big magazines that yeah. have gone totally away from print, but it sounds like you guys are yeah. sticking with it. Well, you know what? Yeah. You know, what's really cool is that, um, is that like we we kind of saw the space change right like i mean everybody did right you look around with social media and like you saw the space change but what was really cool and what we found was that 
was that people they they wanted you know they wanted tactile information meaning like they still wanted something they could hold that had kind of a beginning and an end to it right where they could open up and mm-hmm. kind of still feel like they were in control of that and what was really really amazing is that we found that um that people that like magazines that are like niche niche industry magazines which i would still consider even though fly fishing has like massively exploded in the last number of years mm-hmm. um i still consider it like a niche kind of pastime right and and we have found that that people that are invested in niche pastimes still want print and they and they just they they like they still devour it and so um so we're very like i don't know blessed or fortunate or whatever word you want to use we feel very like whatever that word is because because people still want it right and uh and so and yeah and we're you know we've got you know we've got film and we've got all that too but um but yeah to be able to have you know to be able to have something that people still want to hold and yeah. kind of go through and I, and i think that you know as, like and you'll attest to this but you know as flyinglers it's like man flyinglers can't get enough information yeah. like it's like we're that's it's right. like that's our that's our addiction right it like is. we're so addicted to yeah. you know to getting as much information as we can yeah and and uh and our you know our magazine it's very like we kind of you know that that's the major driving force right we wanted you know we wanted something that was very instructional and we wanted to like find kind of the best of the best as far as people that were you know that could offer instruction we wanted to pair that with you know with the best of the best photographers mm-hmm. and uh and so yeah and so that's what we you know that's what we've done in that formula it worked really well right um you know and then even with like our cover shots and stuff like that like like when we came onto the scene there was like it was just kind of all thin and grin right on the yeah. covers and yeah and we came in and kind of in the early 2000s and we're like hey like there's other parts of the sport that that people are you know super fascinated with and will be super attracted to not just the finning grin and so so we really you know experimented with covers and people really kind of responded to that too and kind of the creativity of that mm, right and so that was you know that was very cool to see but yeah, yeah. but anyways it's you know it's it's um yeah it is it's very much like even even something like podcasting dave right where you know like um you know i can't can't tell how old you are but yeah well we're in the same i think when you said 80s i mean i'm uh i'm i'm coming up on 50 right so oh nice okay yeah 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 yeah. that's yeah and that's me so (laughs) yeah we're in the same yeah Um, the 80s yeah we're kind of in the same ballpark right but you know i can remember you know driving places and when you were driving yeah you you know you could listen to your cassette tape or whatever but you could you know you're always listening to the radio too right yeah and and yep. kind of podcasting has come back and and filled that like it's filled yep. that space and like in spades right like and so so that's pretty cool to see too just how you know just how our you know communication forms how they how they shift and kind of evolve and kind of rebrand and yada 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 and it keeps going and the change we've seen yeah, it's been cool to be part of it because, you know, whatever you want to call it, the digital revolution. But I mean, what we've seen the last 10 years or whatever it's been, you know, it's it's pretty amazing to watch the changes. And, and the cool thing, I think, is that part of the cool is there's some bad. Obviously, there's bad that go along with it. But right. everybody 
in the world has a chance to do something, right? I mean, literally anybody can come out <laughs> yes. and create their own thing, you know, for better or worse. But I, I think I, I always look positively about it because I'm like, you know what? You guys, we trust you, right? We trust you yeah. because you have, and people will trust me because I bring on the great guests, right? right. But, yeah. but, you know, you might have somebody out there that just creates their own brand and gets a, a bazillion follows and all of a sudden now sure. they're a superstar, right? What, what's your right. take on that? When you look out, when you see as a print, you know, I, you know what's your take there? Yeah. And that's, that's such a, like, that is such a fabulous question because it's like, because you want to talk about, like, you want to talk about like different eras. So, so in our era back in the eighties, it was like information was held by a gatekeeper. Like that's what we called it. Right. was the gatekeeper. So it was only kind of like, like field and stream or like, that's that's exactly it. Right. So kind of only the, you know, the best of the best and, or, or there was that facade anyways, right? That, that it was only the best of the best that could kind of like, you know, teach or write or, you know, whatever it was. But but now with kind of the, you know, with the evolution of like, say, social media and stuff, like you said, it's like, you know, kind of everybody can, you know, everybody can have a, you know, a computer and a mic and, you know, and kind of their own device as far as filming. And so, so what we see is, you know, we see kind of this, this flood of information, but we've seen kind of the gatekeeper become the common person right Mm -hmm. and so it's like so it's like well if you if you strike a chord with somebody in some way whether it's good quality or not right it can be absolute trash right but but somebody might like come along and go well yeah but you know in kind of that that minute and a half there was like you know there was like this gold kind of yeah kind of like two seconds of gold right and so so it's like you know people um we've we've just become our own gatekeepers essentially yep. like we've the keys have been handed over and we become our own gatekeepers and and people and so it's it's like this absolutely fascinating shift to see that and you know with that you see kind of like you kind of see maybe people that that have risen to fame and i'm not just talking like kind of like outdoor industry but but like say like a you know like a Jake Paul or a Logan Paul or something like that right where they've they've just massively risen to fame and and you kind of like like my kids you know my kids who are now in university oh yeah they they you know they'll show me like some of the people that they follow and I'm like I'm looking at it and I'm going like really really like like who who would be somebody they follow well you know a lot of them like they'll follow like these kind of you know, these gamers and stuff oh, like gamers, that, yeah, right? Yeah, like, right, right. Just some, like some kids, just some kids out there. Yeah. 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 So they're, they're kind of following like stuff like that. And, and you yeah. kind of like, but what I see that, you know, what they end up following. So I'm not talking about like, say a Jake Paul right now, where it was kind of like, you know, I, I, I still don't get why people followed him. Like I, I, yeah, I don't, I, maybe I'll have to look that up. I'm not even familiar with Jake Paul is what's his, what's okay. his specialty. Well, he kind of like, he was kind of like, I think he was early to like the YouTube thing. I believe that that was kind of it. And so he became like this, this kind of like mass sensation is so, so kind of all the kids like know kind of who he is. And then he started oh, gotcha. fighting every, then he, then he started fighting everybody just in the last kind of few oh, years. Oh, he's the right? fight. Yeah, I know. I heard about him. Yeah, he's, he started, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's kicking so, butt, right? I heard he's like actually doing yeah. well or some weird thing, right? <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. right. Okay. So, so, so it becomes kind of like this, it becomes kind of like this. Well, can you, you know, can you brand yourself really well, right? Yeah. And if you can brand yourself really well, then, then maybe it doesn't matter so much, like, like what you're, you know, what you're sending out there, like people will, will right. obviously start following. Now, now I yeah. say that, but then I also say that, you know, that people who are good at what they do, they, they gain a following too. Right. 
Yeah. So, right, right, right. No, it's a good take. It is. I mean, and Jake Paul, that's, I'm glad you threw that one out there because that's <laughs> such a good, I don't even know. I've never even watched any of his stuff. Well, maybe I watched one thing, but I, you know, you hear about him, right? And it's like, okay, yeah. this guy, I have no idea. But yeah, now he's like a fighter. And it, it's an interesting, if nothing else, right? I mean, that's an interesting story. A guy that's actually right? yeah. out there, like legit fighting. I have no idea, but so, anyways, I don't know. My again, I always stay positive on it because I always say there's always going to be the negative stuff that's going on out there too with all the politics and stuff. But, right. but I think yeah. giving people an opportunity to, to get out there and and sh and give the common person a chance just to have fun and express, you know, and the, and then grow a following and maybe make a business around it. I think that's a pretty amazing thing, right? Yeah, for sure. So, and then and then like you said too on the like on the kind of the flip side of it, like a lot of our like a lot of fly fusion stuff, we still have, you know, essentially we still have kind of the gatekeeper. Right. And we still see that people want that to say with like, yeah, right. Say with like, with like our film festival or something, right. Like with IF4, you know, we still have like, like there are still so many people that want to go to a theater and with like, you know, say whatever it is, like, you know, crowds of like, whatever it is, like say 150 to like mm -hmm. whatever, 800 to like 800 people or whatever, they still want to go places and, and, you know, and not have to be kind of the, the curator of their own information or their own content, right? Where they want to go and they want to sit and they want to know that, that they can trust somebody to pick like really cool films for them and then have kind of this community experience around it too, right? And so that's cool because that's not lost either because there's like, you know, we want to, you know, there's something about like when we're sitting at home and kind of watching some of the, you know, some of the videos kind of on our own laptop or something. That's kind of cool. That's, you know, we, we love doing that. Yep. That's a way to pass the time, but, yep. but let, to be in a theater with like, you know, a few hundred other right. people and, yeah, yeah, and like to, good. you know, take that, take that deep breath when, you know, when a fish, like when a fish sips a fly, right. When say like a, you know, a big West slope cutthroat or something, you know, a big Brown, yeah. like sips, sips a, you know, a small dry and slow-mo yeah. and you kind of like, you realize that you're part of like this common humanity because you all kind of like, you all kind of like gasp at the same time. Yeah. Right. Or, yeah, you know, exactly. or when somebody like, when somebody like trips and falls and you all kind of like laugh at the same time. Yeah. Right. Like, like we still want that too. Right. We want to know that, you know, that we're, we're kind of yeah, like the group. brothers and sisters and all of this too. Right. So. Well, and I didn't even realize, I mean, there's a few things I'm learning along the way, the film tour, and that's similar to, you know, when you think like F3T, right? I mean, I always think right. you hear about, and, and it's, I, I mean, totally separate. I mean, there's no connection at all to F3T. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. No connection at all. Yeah. But it's a good, it's a good name because when you hear it, you're like, oh, you know, okay, this is similar right away. You're like, mm -hmm. okay, but it's different. I mean, I guess there could be a, uh, you know, what's the next, but you're talking, so describe that a little bit on the, on the, on the, what you guys have going here. Is this more, how is it different from F3T? Well, I think that we're um, like probably probably in the branding of it. I know that um, that we uh, like one of our like one of our slogans is like the soul of fly fishing, right? So yeah. so we so we very much like we very much want to want to connect to the flyingler on a like on a number of different levels. So um, so yeah, so like I don't know, I don't know like about this phrase. Well, I do know about this phrase, but I don't know if it's kind of good to throw it on a podcast yeah, or not but you know it. there's there's like but there's like there's fish porn right like oh, there's yeah. like yeah, yeah. like this stuff and, and yeah. i kind of consider that like i kind of consider that like like a kid going to a candy store right yeah. where it's like where that that's kind of low-hanging fruit right yeah. like that's like like everybody's going to be attracted to that and the everybody and the grip and grin yeah yeah that's right yeah. And, it, and it's not it's not hard to to kind of like meet somebody at that level but then, but then there's kind of like, there's levels that are a little bit deeper than that in, in all of us 
that you know that you connect with and when you connect with it um you connect with somebody at like a super deep level right where and so so we like so you know with some of our films we like to you know we like to share kind of story as well or narrative and um and in that narrative a lot of times you'll you know people will you know be kind of bearing their you know bearing their souls they'll right. be like yeah you know fly fly fishing changed my life and here's how it mm-hmm. saved me type thing right and and people identify with that too because because we all like we all essentially love stories of like redemption stories too right like think of the green mile or whatever oh, right yeah. where we love we love kind of like like these these stories that that kind of show that you know things might not work out for us but in the end they do work out for us too and we can tell the, those stories too through through fly fishing as well and so um hmm. you know so so we kind of like we kind of you know with the IF4 we've kind of made it very much uh you know a family friendly product mm-hmm um that that we hope kind of reaches people at like multiple different levels and and that i would say that that's kind of our formula in a yeah, way yeah. where great. where we want um yeah we want we want you know we want dad or mom to be able to like to be able to take you know their 10 year old son or daughter because because we know when we started you know fly fishing like as a family right so yep. so we know when we did that and you know right. we want to be able to take take everybody to it right and right and so anyways so that's anyways cool. that, that's kind of yeah that's kind of when do you guys do that describe that when does the show when does that happen that whole series yeah so so essentially we like we start to filter through films and kind of like i would say september october is when when we start to see kind of the new crop for the year come in and then uh and sometimes you know so we'll work with certain filmmakers and sometimes we'll do a call out gotcha you know a call out and stuff like that so you've seen it so so as we're doing this we're we're kind of into november so you can you give a highlight of uh, maybe what's coming up for this next one I mean, you've seen a lot of it right well yeah i know we're we're still kind of like they haven't been they haven't been shipped to me yet oh, okay. so gotcha. so i'm kind of like i'm kind of like last line of defense gotcha. right oh where, yeah yeah where i'm like i don't have to do the That's i don't have to do this the sift through yep. kind of the the hundreds of them anymore. So, so I'm kind of last line of defense, but, um, but yeah, no, the, like the filmmakers that we, that we, you know, normally work with a lot, they're ones that they're ones that tell stories. Like I would say like no other, right. Like, like they, you know, they'll, they'll take you, you know, they'll take you to places that, that you can only dream of going and, and essentially that, you know, that end up becoming, they become those places that, that you're like, okay, next year, you know, if I can afford that place, that's where I'm going. Right. So, yeah. so they kind of like, they kind of become like the films kind of become that and they feature that. Right. So, um, yeah, so we're kind of like, we're kind of getting to that place where, where, yeah, we're, we're ready for, to be narrowing it down type thing. And, um, and then in January, um, that's when, that's when we, uh, we kind of do the, the premiere, and uh, we do kind of like, I guess we do a few different premieres and mm-hmm. in different places. And, you know, because, uh, you know, one of the Canadian premieres we often, we will often do in Calgary because that's kind of like, like kind of fly fishing hotbed. Right. And mm. so, so we often like, you know, do a number of different sold out shows there where, where we'll fill fe- theaters kind of like multiple times over. Right. Mm. Cause there's just so many fly anglers in that area. Oh, oh, yeah. So, you know, also down in the States too, we, uh, yeah we do a premiere down there and usually we do that with the fly fishing show and yeah. So today's episode is sponsored by country financial. 
the fires in the Northwest and throughout the West in, in the last few years have been devastating for thousands of people. Uh, those folks, some folks have lost their homes, their belongings, uh, and their sense of safety has all been challenged. This is why insurance and protecting your assets are so critical. Dalton at Country Financial is here, and he was on the front lines during the fires, handing out checks to Country Financial community members, providing drinks, food, and more. And each time Dalton meets up with a client, he does an extensive review of their current assets and coverage. This is his opportunity to really decide and let you know what you need uh, to make educated decisions for your insurance needs. This is a super critical piece, and Dalton Roy Roy loves it. He loves getting out in the rural community, connecting with people, loves the outdoors, fishing, hunting, everything that goes with it. And so I'm excited to be sharing uh, Country Financial and Dalton with you. The unexpected will happen, so it's always best to make sure your assets and life are protected. You can head over to wetflyswing.com slash country right now to get started. That's C-O-U-N-T-R-Y. Check out Dalton and support this podcast and a great local company right now. Sounds like the more we dig in, you've got a bunch of stuff going, right? On the surface, it looks like Fly Fusion. But I mean, the TV show, is that a separate deal you have going as well? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we have Fly Fusion TV. And um, that's kind of taken a hiatus just for through COVID. Oh, right. Um, Yeah. And so, uh, but we're, you know, we're, we've got plans, like we've got all of our kind of our contracts kind of signed up with different television stations and stuff like that. We're ready to get back up on plane. So, um, so we'll be filming again. Uh, we'll be filming again in 2023. And, uh, and so, yeah, and that'll be like, we'll be able to, you'll be able to watch that kind of on a few, on a few different networks. And yeah, so, uh, so that's kind of coming back up. We had kind of like, we had two full blown seasons and then we had like this, this season where where we uh, we didn't want to go with like kind of broadcast where we thought well we'll try kind of like you know we'll try kind of like just internet d- distribution and and I think we want to go back to like we're going to end up doing both now mm-hmm. um, just because we you know as much as you know a lot of people have moved away from broadcast there's still very much like there's still very much a market for it yeah and so uh, broadcasting being just like going on. Uh, whatever yeah, sure. it is, Just, the cable network. I don't even know what they that's have. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's right. And so, so there's still very much like a, you know, a, um, a market for that. And so we're going to be, yeah, we're going to be going back into that field as well or in, into that kind of area as well. But, but want to talk about like, like, I think that's kind of some of the most fun that I've had in the last number of years is just out filming fly fusion television, where it's, you know, where we're going to all these different places and, you know, the, the kind of the, the people that we're filming with and, you know, some of the, some of the hosts that we work with, um, like I, you know, I have a co-host, Jim McLennan, he writes in the magazine as well, but then we, you know, we work with, um, you know, kind of lots of different kind of influencers as well. Like, uh, like we filmed with Paula Shear yeah. um, before, and she's, uh, you know, she has quite a, I would say quite a social media following and she's out of, uh, she's out of Calgary, Alberta. And then we, you know, we filmed before with April Vokey yep. as well. And, yep. Yeah. So, so we film with kind of lots of different people that, um, that have a lot to say and a lot to offer and, and, you know, who are just absolutely amazing anglers. So, yeah. um, so yeah. And, and then the people that we film with too, like the cinematographers are just kind of next level, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. So anyways, it's, right. it's a lot of fun and, you know, the guides that we work with, they're always like, you know, lots of personality. 
So it's always lots of fun. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are covering. And, and so again, on the fly fusion magazine and what you guys cover, you, you know, you, it's North America. I mean, do you say like what percentage is say Canada versus U uh, S versus North America versus world? I mean, is it a, Oh, kind of wow. A- yeah. Yeah. No, great question. Um, I would say, you know, I would say kind of 50, Oh man, percentage wise. Yeah. Uh, just, just rough. So, I know. <laughs> yeah. Just rough. I would say probably maybe like a 60 40 i would say for like north america kind of versus world right oh wow maybe 70 yeah. 30 so, so there you go yeah yeah so 70 30 but that's like so yeah. so us canada north america is like 60 to 70 percent then you got like that's 30, right 30% world so that's cool and then if yeah. you break out us and canada what what's the percentages on content oh us and canada probably i would say more like um uh probably 60 percent canada so same yeah, thing. And so then, of the seventy percent, like sixty that's or so, right. yeah, is half. So yeah, so yeah, you're kind of half. Yeah. I mean, you got a good distribution, right? So a lot of people. Yeah. I just kind of get that point. A lot of people that are listening in the U.S. right now. You've got tons of content that are U.S. focused. Oh yeah, yeah, destinations right. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and I would say that like subscriber wise, say with the magazine, I think that we actually have more subscribers in the states than we do in Canada. Now, grant yeah, now granted, the states is like is far bigger. Yeah. But yeah, but we've got lots of subscribers in yeah. the States for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, it's, yeah. it's all the same. I mean, I always say there's a, I mean, it's a country break, right. But I always see it, mm-hmm. even though Canada is a lot different and we're, you know, for better, <laughs> yeah. better and worse. Right. But it's almost like the same thing. I don't see. And again, I don't know Calgary. I don't know lots of the other provinces as well, but BC right. to me, from when I've been up there, I mean, I just, we did this trip up to, uh, you know, shout out to Skachin Lodge. I mean, it, we sat right, there, we had yeah. like, it was kind of a hosted trip. We had these six guys, all of them were from Canada. And I yeah. sat there and Phil Roy was there and Greg. I mean, yeah. it was like a whole crew of yeah. all Canadians. And I was the one American. Yeah. But I mean, I felt totally, there was no difference, right? I mean, a little yeah, bit of difference. Yeah. We talked about like gun control and stuff like that. There was stuff right. like that. But yeah. the people wise, it's the same exact thing. There's, I mean, do you, well, that, do you find that your your readers, I mean, it's kind of the same yeah. demographic, same people? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very, very similar. I mean, like, like when, when you were saying that, right? Like, oh, yeah, you're up here kind of, you know, fishing and, you know, it's very similar. Like when I, so when I'm out filming, like we use, there's a, there's a few American cinematographers that we use out of uh, Utah. Mm. And, and, um, and it's like, you know, essentially, like we like to, you know, like we like to poke fun at each other about how different it is, yeah, but exactly. it's not, right? Yeah. But you said, you know, gun control comes up, which, yeah. is, which is something that, like, like as a Canadian, we just like, like generally, we just don't get like how, you know, how in love with guns you guys are I down know. there. But, yeah, but, um, yeah, but we so we don't guns. fully understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we don't fully understand that. But, yeah. Um, but other than that, it's like there's so many similarities. I mean, I like, you know, I'll, I'll always be like kind of, making fun or poking fun at the cinematographers for like their accent, even though their accent is like, it's like almost like unrecognizable right. as far as like Canadian accent versus like American. Yeah. But it's like, but, but whenever Canadians think of an American accent, we always think a lot, you know, like down in the deep South, right? Like oh, kind of yeah. down there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so that, so that's kind of the accent that we always think of. But, that's right. Um, so that's we're always right. kind of poking fun of that. And yeah. Totally. Saying, so how, you know, how do you say like, how do you say this down in the States? And they're like, well, the word's exactly the same because, you know, because it's English, right? Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and you guys have the same thing. You go to the East Coast and you've got the whole, uh, the the influence from like the Europe, right? More of an influence on mm-hmm. that side. And and you're, yeah, in, uh, exactly. you're, you're in Vancouver Island. Is that kind of where you're at? That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I live on Vancouver Island. So, yeah, so I kind of, I'm a, even a little bit separated from the mainland. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful out here. So I get my... 
kind of my fill of like whatever type of fishing I want, right? Like, like basically, you know, I, I'm a trout guy at heart. So, you know, so I fish a lot for, for coastal cutthroat. Yeah. Um, but then I'll fish for steelhead. I'll fish for, I think you guys call them like silvers, but we call them yep. coho. So, and yeah. coho are really like, actually, they're, actually just for clarity, I think the way that works is there is confusion on silvers coho. I think the way it works is we call them coho, but everywhere, once you get up to Alaska, they all call them silvers. They or kings. call them, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So down here, and probably some people call them uh, silvers as well, if they're, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, for the most part, I think we still call them coho. I, at least I do coho and, and Chinook and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, yeah. And we have like, we have a few different names for like the Chinook, right? Yeah. What do you we call, call them? Uh, Chinook. And then like a, a Chinook a over 30. Yeah. King also, but um, for a Chinook over 30 pounds, we call it a Tai. Oh yeah. 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 Is, do you guys call it that too? For uh, No, but I mean, I know that's no. kind of like the, I don't know the, all the details, but yeah, I, I've heard of the Tai. Yeah. Yeah. Tai yeah. So that's right. Yeah. So I, yeah. And I live like right in Campbell river, like that's oh, kind wow. of, and that's kind of like the, the, the home of like the Thai club and gotcha. where guys are kind of out in rowboats fishing yeah. with, you know, what, what do you call, yeah. what do you call chum? Yeah. We just call them chum. The same thing yeah. for everything else. Sock yeah. guy and, yeah. and, and pinks. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But I find that, I find that, um, like say with, with pinks, like, like there's so many, so many people that fly fish for pinks. Oh, and no I think kidding. it's just because, just because, oh yeah, up here in like where I'm from, oh, it's wow. like, it becomes, it becomes like a circus on the river because there's yeah. so many people out there, but it's because there's so many, like so many pinks that return. So, right. so like I often, I often just kind of skip that fishery, but like coho, mm -hmm. coho are like, to me, they are the, They're tasty. they are the salmon <laughs> that are like, yeah. And the salmon that are like meant for fly fishing, right? Like they'll yeah. take. Oh, they you know, you can, are they stripping? Are you stripping those guys in up there? Oh, stripping. Yeah. yeah. Stripping so hard. Right. And yeah. they'll take. You know, I can remember um, fishing up in, uh, I was fishing up in Alaska a, f a number of years ago. And um, I was there with, uh, I, I got to do this really cool trip, right? There was this one rod company, this one fly rod company that's like, hey, um, you know, we've got this like, we've got this new fly rod. Do you want to go up to Alaska with us, stay in a lodge and test it out? I'm yep. like, yes, please. Yeah. Yes, please. I'll do yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so we so we're up there and like, I think it was like the second week of August and there was like, just, just kind of silvers or coho just everywhere. Right. And so, so there was a few days where, you know, where we're just like, you know, stripping, stripping flies, um, for all these coho, which is amazing. Like just amazing. Like there's such a visual fish, right. When they yeah. hit that oh, yeah. fly. And, yep. But then our guide was like, Hey, do you guys, uh, do you guys want to dry fly fish? Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I'm all what? Yes, yeah. please. Yeah. And so, so there was a few days of our guided trip where we're, you know, where we're kind of like, casting these massive wogs kind of kind of out into the stream and then strip in and just watching like these you know this v behind that fly and this massive mouth open up and then you're onto the fish and then that was like that was such an amazing experience but but that kind of that translates to vancouver island as well right where where i'll go into like some of my favorite streams that are a little bit more remote just to get away from some of the crowds and mm -hmm. and uh where you can you know where you're kind of stripping like you know stripping these you know, coho, they'll take, you know, they'll take smaller flies, right? So, so you can be stripping like some, you know, smaller streamer patterns and stuff and be taking these, you know, these nice kind like of what's eight, smaller? 10 pound. What's a smaller streamer pattern? Well, I would say like a, like a, say like a size six, right? Six. Streamer pattern, like, yeah. like kind of like, like you a know, couple inches. An, yeah, like an inch or two long, yeah. like they'll take that. But you know what, like, 
like the coho too, like they'll take, you can nymph for them too, which mm. is really, oh, which wow. is really insane. Huh. Cause I like, I never, I wouldn't have imagined, but one of my buddies, like a number of years ago said, oh yeah, no, I like, he's all, you know, the hairs here. I'm all, yeah. He's all, I get them all the time on hairs or nymph. I'm huh. all, what? Yeah. No way. And so sure enough. So I tried nymphing for them too. And sure enough, they'll take that. But his theory, and I don't know if like, I don't know if it's like, you know, proven or not, but his theory was, well, it's because coho spend this out of all the Pacific salmon, they spend the most time in their natal streams. Right. So, so of course they're going to like have kind of a, you know, a better imprint um, oh, right. about like on, on kind of the brains. Of, like, head, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. so they spend so much time there. So they're going to take kind of everything once they kind of come back in, yeah. which I mean, what a great, yeah. What a great um, kind that's of theory right. anyways, but that's what fly fishing is, right? Yeah, There's exactly. So many theories, right? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are in the, I mean, that's the cool thing about BC is that, yeah, you get the salmon. It's a little like Alaska. Those fish are changing. You get more action you know um but let's let's take this into i want to you know we talked at the start about getting into some places to go and we were talking a little bit about sure. it because species wise we could go down that road um yeah let's just say let's give you know since we mentioned that as far as places to go and like i said brian chan talked about stillwater but let's just throw <laughs> yeah. let's just throw it all out there if you if somebody comes to you and they're and they say hey i'm, I'm heading up to bc i want to yeah. go fishing what, what do you tell them if you have to say hey here's like 10 places to go what, what break that sure. down a little bit yeah. Well, number one, I'll never tell them about like my most secret spots, but no, no just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Well, how does that work? I was just going to say earlier when you're doing the magazine, because, uh, you know, you, uh, like, I'm trying to think we've got a lot of editors on. That's always a good question. Like, how do you balance, yeah. how do you balance that? Because I'm sure people get pissed, right? Right. Well, yeah. Well, I think it's, um, like what we do say with the magazine is we'll maybe we don't do a lot of destination with the magazine with the TV show we do like we have to, right? So, um, so the balance, the balance there is that, um, like with the TV show, say like we will name a region, but not like a specific place in that region. Yeah. Um, like Calgary, they'll say, that's right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So we'll say, you know, we're, we're kind of fishing in like in this region. Um, and you know, there's for the species and, and the, stuff, yeah. So and, like, and with this guide. So, so if you want to like, you know, if you want to hook up with that guy, then he'll, he'll get you to those places. Right. Yeah. Um, but if it's like a really popular fishery already, then, then it's like, you know, well, it's not like us kind of coming along and naming that no, is going right. to like, is going to create any more traffic. It's already got kind of yep. the traffic that it's going to get. Right. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, that, that's kind of our line there, yeah. but, um, yeah, but if you're, if you're coming up to BC, which, which legitimately is like, it is, you know, I've been to a number of different places in the world now and, and, uh, and BC is like, it is one of the most beautiful places in the world, but, yep. and, and the variety of fishing. So, so, you know, if you want to, you know, if you want to, uh, to, you know, fish kind of like dry fly, West slope, you mm -hmm. know, West slope cutthroat, yeah. um, or like big bull trout, then you're going to be kind of just above Montana in okay. what, what's kind of the Southeast corner of the province. So the, that's kind of the Kootenays. So there you're fishing kind of Rocky mountains. Um, but then you're also fishing like, uh, the Columbia range as well. Mm. Um, which is, which again, that's, they're kind of like two massive ranges that are like very, very like within kind of, you know, within kind of a, a, a car drive of each other where you could, you know, fish the Rockies kind of in the morning and kind of drive across and fish the Columbia yeah. range in the afternoon type thing. 
You know what's amazing about that, Derek? What's amazing about that is that it just shows you how big the area is. And I don't know the Columbia. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I'm yeah. literally where I live down in Oregon. I mean, the, we're at the, mm-hmm. the confluence of the Columbia into the ocean. Oh, no, that's yeah. right. Yeah, so I'm on the coast. That's right. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so I grew up like, and this is going to sound like so crazy. And I love talking to people like you because yeah. it's like, oh, because this is like just a massive connection that has exactly. to be extreme with a big river, right? Which yep. is, but I grew up like an hour from the headwaters of the Columbia River. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So the headwaters of the Columbia oh, River, man, and not a lot of amazing. people know this, and this is kind of crazy, but not a lot of people know this, but um, the headwaters is actually called, it's a it's a, it's a a lake, um, just like an hour, like kind of 20 minutes outside of a little town called Invermere. Um, and the lake is called Columbia Lake. Mm. And it like, um, and it, uh, it misses the, so the, the Kootenai River flows flows south past Columbia Lake, literally misses it by like maybe a kilometer, oh, right? Wow. Coming out coming out of the Rockies. And it like it literally misses it. and it's quite a stream by the time it like passes south um past Columbia Lake. And then Columbia Lake, um, so the Columbia River, the headwaters there, it flows north up the up the Rocky Mountain Trench for like for like, you know, whatever, 100, 200 kilometers, right? So it flows north, but, but then but then kind of dog legs towards, you would say the ocean basically. So dog legs west and then turns and then comes back down. And then the, uh, the, the um, Kootenai River flows south, but then dog legs and, come back, and comes back up. And so the Kootenai River actually like, like um, meets the, the Columbia River in a, in a place called like, kind of just outside of a place called trail British Columbia. Oh yeah. And, and the two kind of come together there, but back in like, and here's, here's what I'm getting to. Hopefully this doesn't take yeah. too long, yeah. but, um, but here's what I'm getting to, which is that, that like back in the late 1800s, um, there were steamships, like steamships used to paddle up the Columbia river up from the States. And, um, and they, there was a time where they actually built like this canal between the Kootenai river and Columbia Lake. Oh, wow. And in a little town that almost doesn't exist anymore called Canal Flats. And, uh, and so there were steam paddlers that used to go like kind of right up into the lake um, from, from the Kootenai River. Anyways, it's quite, it's quite a fascinating history. Is. Now that, that trench or that, um, that canal that they built, obviously, I think they said it only like they only kind of ran a few steam paddlers through it. And then they don't, they never used it after like a few months or something like that. Gotcha. Anyways, yeah. so, so the, the Columbia system like where where I grew up, it was it's headwaters, right? And where you are, it's like yeah. that's kind of the that's the terminal point, right? That's, that's the where it meets the ocean. Exactly. So it is such a massive drainage. Like, oh man, it is such a massive yeah. drainage. It's so cool. It's really interesting because you look at the yeah, you're talking, I mean, where you're at, I mean, there's there's a lot of dams, but there's a you know, a couple that are full dams and no no uh, passage, right? So there's that's literally right. fish, you know, all those salmon you know, yeah. historically we're getting up there, you know, they haven't been, you know, it's been a long time. That's, that's so right. That's, if you, yeah, like if you, you know, if you study, um, the, like the first nations mm-hmm. people in the, in the area there, um, they were called the Tanaha or they are called the Tanaha and, and they were a nomadic tribe and, um, and they would like at certain times of the year, they would go right to the headwaters. So right to where the stream came out of Columbia Lake, and they would they would get salmon there. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Wow, that's amazing. Like that that the salmon would like pass all the way through right up to like the headwaters. So they would have been sockeye, right? Yeah. And there's right. actually there's actually quite a few 
there's quite a few kokanee up in that area. So they're all landlocked, essentially landlocked salmon, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, anyways, that's, that's it's cool. super fascinating that, that yeah, yeah. fish. This is good. Well, this to... is gonna, Derek. This is gonna take a little while <laughs> to get this list because number one took us right. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That took us. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. All good because that's what it's all about. I, I love yeah. the. Uh, I mean, that connection yeah. right there is amazing yeah. because it's yeah. uh, probably thousands of miles of of river, right? Something like that. Yeah. Right? That's right. So we got. Yeah. So we got. So we got the rock. So what else we got on this list? Yeah. And then if you want to like, kind of, if you're, if you're fishing above, like, say like, um, Washington state, right. Then, mm -hmm. then you get into like, um, you get into a lot of the lakes. So in the, uh, like in kind of the Kamloops region, it's very, very famous for lakes and that's, and Brian Chan being on yep. your, you know, being on your podcast, he would have gone through all that. But then if you go North, so here's something really cool. Mm -hmm. If you go North, North of, um, like the Kamloops region, like the lake region, and then head up into what's called the caribou region. It's like, um, there's like, there are some fjord lakes up in there that are part of like the, the Western portion of, of the, uh, of the Columbia range, like the Columbia mm. mountain range where, um, where salmon head up like the Fraser system. So they'll head up the Fraser system and then they'll go up into like, um, these little tiny, like these little tiny, kind of like, I don't know what you'd call them. I think mm. in the States, you, I think in the States, you call them like podunk towns, maybe oh, right. like, yeah. like kind of like towns that, that like you don't even, you don't even know that they exist. They're like, yeah. there's like so few people there. Right. Anyways, there's, there's a little town up there called likely British Columbia. And then there's this, uh, this lodge in likely called Northern Lights Lodge. And there's this, this guide called Skeed Brukowski. <laughs> and he is like, he is like the most wonderful person to fish with. And nice. they have like just an absolutely like off the charts, amazing fishery. And it's like for big rainbows and bull trout that, oh, wow. um, that kind of follow the salmon up God. these like, up these like little tiny feeder streams that nobody can get to. And so you got to take like, you got to take like these boats on this big fjord lake. And then you got to take jet boats to get like up in the middle of absolutely nowhere. There's like grizzly bears, like, nice. like just absolutely everywhere and and they're like and you're getting into like like big rainbows like huh. i don't know like um I, I, there was one i and and you know it's always the fish that gets away but yeah but there was like there was one rainbow that i lost up there now there was lots that i caught that were kind of like in the 20 inch range but there was one that skied and i were kind of like we we're like that had to be like 30 inches. Like it was just like, it was just this massive, massive rainbow. Right. Yep. And so anyway, so they follow, like they follow the salmon up there and that's wow. like, that fishery is like, it's a, it's a lot of fun. And that's more of like a kind of late summer kind of fall fishery that you can get into up there. Okay. Um, and then if you, if you head North, North from there, then you, uh, you get up into like, that's when you start to get really, really remote. Right. So we're going to be, um, Actually, I can't name where we're yeah. going to be filming next. Yeah. I, I was just about to say it, but I, sure. I shouldn't name it. But anyways, we're going to be filming up in like very northern BC. And so, so it's like north of, is it is like north of the Skeena Basin? Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be even up farther than that. And then, and then, yeah. And then if you like, if you head west, then you're into like, um, then you're into like coastal fisheries. When you're on, say like the Skeena, that like, there's lots of systems up there that are still, but the the salmon fishery is still quite prolific out on Vancouver Island, where I'm where I'm from, um, okay. and that's like I don't know if you if you kind of picture like uh, you know I fished the Olympic Peninsula a few times now, and um, if you picture kind of 
Olympic Peninsula, but then kind of head north, north. Essentially, that's yeah, yeah, what Vancouver says. Island is, right? So we've got you know mountains and mountains and streams and and mm-hmm. the Pacific Ocean that surrounds us. So um, yeah, so that's that's kind of like I would say that's kind of a you know a quick like a quick rundown of uh well and then and then here's maybe here's like a little like a little maybe hidden gem but but if you had um because we often think that it's just like kind of just like the Kamloops region that has like really really good still water fishing but if you had like if you had north of like where I grew up which is southeast British Columbia which is the Kootenays in that Rocky Mountain Trench area if you head north um there's towns north of there that have like just like monster rainbows like just like huge rainbows in them and so um yeah anyways that's that's like a little maybe a little gem there for you that's what it's known for i mean part of it is it's uh bc is known for a lot but the yeah the the camlu just the lakes right the big rainbows Mm -hmm. so there's still yeah i mean there's still plenty of places you can go uh and find some big rainbows that you guys have seen out there it's not like uh, the pressure isn't uh, it's not crazy pressure where the the fish have been you've been losing well i guess that's the thing is that they've done you guys have done a good job of protecting those areas right that's right yeah yeah and it's still like like bc's it's such a huge province right like it's such a huge area that um that yeah i mean like in some of the definitely like you know there's a few places now where it's like kind of more bumper boats right when you're when you're floating floating down a river yep. Um, but, but if you want to get away from that, the, there's like, there's kind of all the territory in the world yeah. <laughs> and all the rivers, kind of all the rivers in the world right, that, that you can drive to. So could you just go out there and just go out there, say you're taking a, a road trip, take a month off, head up to BC mm-hmm. and just, what would you recommend there? If, uh, you know, you mentioned a few, you, you got all the stuff we started at Columbia. We went around the Kamloops, the caribou region. Yeah. Could you just, uh, yeah. what would be the trip there? How would you plan that trip? What would be the way to? <laughs> yeah if you're so if you're like yeah if you're gonna like trout bum it yeah. for like say a month right and maybe even hit a really, lo- maybe even hit a lodge along the way or, or two you know to- sure yeah yeah no you would um you definitely like one of the places you'd likely want to start would be um would be kind of heading up into that that kootenai region you want to stop at uh yeah you'd want to stop at the at kind of elk river kind of elk river area in fernie fernie british columbia and and then from there, it's like, literally, you're like, if you kind of like home base Fernie, you can, you can hit like some of the most prolific, like dry fly trout fishing in like, probably in North America, I would say oh, really? it's like, it's yeah, it's pretty amazing that area. And, it, and again, it's like, it's, it's become pretty well known. So there's like, so the, the fly shops in Fernie there, I would say they're pretty, you know, pretty busy now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they do some pretty amazing guiding out of there. Um, but yeah, you could, you could hit that. And then I think that, that if you wanted to do like a, like a super cool trip, like probably one of the most cool trips and the farther North you get, obviously kind of the fewer people you see, mm-hmm. but, but if you like, if you started in like, say like Fernie mm-hmm. and you could, you could fish there for like, you know, whatever, a week or two or for the rest of your, for the rest of your life, if you wanted. Right. Um, but then if you, you know, if you want to take that, you know, your converted kind of camperized van Mm -hmm. and kind of head, head North from there, then you're like, you're heading up the Rocky mountain trench and the farther North you go, um, the fishing is like, it's going to be equally as good. So it's going to stay really good. Um, but then you're just going to see fewer and fewer and fewer people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if you just keep, if you keep heading north, you're going to kind of follow that, 
um, the tributaries of like the uh, the Columbia mm -hmm. system, right? And uh, and so you get up into those, and you'll find you know big kind of big bull trout up in there, and and then also like cutthroat and stuff up in there. So that that would be okay. a pretty cool trip yeah. to do. Yeah, that'd be cool. So um, so then you could swing around there if you kept it going. You could swing around over to the Kamloops. Uh, you know, Kamloops is just kind of west, right. and then you can hit all those lakes yeah. and get into some big rainbows. Right, that's kind of the. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you want to do that, and then if you wanted to like. Yeah, the you know coastal fishing. It's uh, and you know this right because you're like because yep. you're on the coast. But but coastal fishing is really temperamental, right? So you can't kind of can't set your watch to it. Really, no. like you know, you could be a week you could be a week early and not see anything and end up there a week later and like have the time of your life, right? So so it's just it's a little bit more temperamental, and you have to kind of like you have to really. I say you have to kind of know somebody. Yeah, like in a in, on a coastal stream if you want to like make the best of that yeah like just showing up i guess you could like you could really luck out but then you could like feel like there's like there's like absolutely no fish in the stream yeah yeah exactly <laughs> also right yeah like that's how oh, yeah. it feels sometimes yeah, this so, is cool so yeah. so then you're going and then as we go up a little bit north we taught you mentioned the, the name which is the greatest name ever skied skied Bro brokowski he's yeah, uh yeah, that's got to get up to yeah. the caribou region and and so up oh, there man. now take us back to there so caribou region that's what's that look like that that is uh you know yeah what can we get excited yeah. about for that you wanna yeah so you want to talk like kind of all the fishing opportunities in the world like it's like so so like the caribou region it's where also is this called from sorry where is this from the one uh like if like the 150 150 mile house area like uh oh yeah yeah so this is yeah this is where you're kind of at like if you're heading up to like 150 miles yeah, it's in that area house, it's in that okay. area and then if you head like if you head east out of like I think it's yeah, like towards the mile, 150 mile towards the mountains. That's gotcha. where you're going to end up in a, in a little tiny place called likely, yeah. likely British gotcha. Columbia. Likely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so you end up kind of there, but if you head West to out of there, then you end up on the, um, what's called the, uh, the, I think it's the, uh, what is it? The, the Chilcotin plateau plateau, I believe. Okay. Anyways, there's lots of, lots of lakes, um, lots of lakes and lots of really good kind of river fishing out there too. So it's, yeah, so that's kind of, that's kind of that region, um, which is like lots of different opportunities as far as like lake fishing and river fishing. Mm -hmm. Um, that's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's really, yeah, very, very prolific as far as like, um, the type of, and, and just like, again, so, so when you're fishing up in that region, specifically kind of late, kind of late summer, early fall mm -hmm. it's more of a it's more of a meat eater situation although you can get them on dries you can get kind of the bigger rainbows on dries yeah. too up there at that point yeah gotcha okay yeah. so that's and then and then you mentioned heading up north kind of the the really yeah. up, like how what would be i mean because north goes you can go way way up how far yeah how far are you well, going up like Ju yeah. juno up in alaska is pretty far north <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty far north yeah yeah so up so if you head north from there um, so then you're going to get to a place called Prince George, British yeah, Columbia Prince George, and yeah. Prince George. There's, there's some guides that are, that are good guides out of Prince George as well. And you're going to get, um, out of there, you're going to get like uh, bull trout fishing and rainbows. And yep. so, so you can go there, but then if you even head North out of there, then you're going to get into something called like the Spatsy wilderness. Mm. And, um, and there's like, I think up in there, you're definitely going to want, like you definitely want to find guides, although okay. there's water up there, you know, there's water up there all day that you, 
you know, you'd be fishing and probably you wouldn't see a soul for like days and days yeah. and days. Cause that's like, that's considered very, very much Northern, very isolated British Columbia. Gotcha. And is that more river, rivers and trout? Yeah. 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 Rivers, trout, um, but there's also tons of lakes up there mm. too. So yeah. Gotcha. So it's kind of got all of that. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And then you mentioned, yeah, then you could swing across to the West coast down below into Mm-hmm. you know, whatever, right? Hit the Skeena and then, then any other That's coastal right. rivers that are coming in. Yeah. And just, you could, well, it's, you can't really, yeah, there's not really a highway going along <laughs> the coast, right? That's the thing about it. I mean, you got 97 yeah. going right up through, uh, through BC, but there's not a lot of major <laughs> yeah. roads. There's kind of only one going up north. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's like, um, like a lot of the streams that you're going to fish like coastal. Yeah. It, it's kind of a, it's kind of a, you know, a plains yeah, and automobiles it is. Like to Alaska. get to them. Right. Yep. Like it's, yeah, exactly. It, you have to know kind of who you're going to go with and you know, you there, like there are kind of some roads that, you know, that you can take, like if you're, you know, if you know where you're going on the Skeena, um, you know, there's like the, or sorry, the Stikine, there's like the Grand Canyon the Stikine that, you know, you could, you could uh, up near a little place called Telegraph Creek. And there's like, you know, there's, there's kind of like roads that, that head towards the coast type thing, but, but it's like, it's super remote, like really, really remote. And um, so, yeah, so it's like, um, if you, you know, if you know somebody that, you know, is a guide that guides like kind of coastal areas, then, then they can kind of, you know, it's more of like a, either a helicopter trip, like there's helicopter trips out of like on Van- from Vancouver Island to like coastal streams. And there's right. like, you can also take, you can also take jet boats up some of the coastal oh, streams, okay. but, yeah. but like, other than that, That's other it. than that, there's, yeah, there's like, no roads, you know, there's not, yeah, not roads that are accessible right. anyways. Like there's some, some logging companies that have, you know, built some roads up there, but they're not like, yep. you know, they're not roads that you can actually drive to, right? Or leave oh, from. Yeah, yeah. It's like right. Wow, there's just yeah, roads that like, they build out in the middle of nowhere to to hit. Like, that's exactly do some it. Log or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then they, yeah, yeah. This is yeah. I yeah. mean, essentially, it is like once you go across the border from Washington. I mean, you're. It's pretty much like Alaska. I mean, it's the same deal. There's just not there. There is one main road going up, and actually, it's the same road if you're heading up to Alaska. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You'd stay on that same road. You'd take night. You go from Prince George and then cut yeah. over all the way up to into Alaska, right? That's right. Yeah. I take the Stewart, yep, Stewart, Stewart. Cassier highway. Yep. Yeah. Up to, up to Alaska. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've done that trip before I've driven up there. Yeah. It's a cool trip. It's, yeah. It's yeah. And I, and I know back in like the nineties, that was the last time I drove like all the way up to Alaska, um, like, like driving rather than flying up. But, um, but there, like back then it wasn't a paved road yeah. <laughs> all the way through. It was like when you got to right. it was like Cranberry junction or something, then it was like, that was it. Like the pavement ran That's out cool. for like hundreds of hundreds of kilometers, right? <laughs> that was the thing. I, I just did it a couple of years ago. And uh, and that was amazing. I was surprised. I was expecting like really crazy remote. But yeah, the highway all the way up to Anchorage is like, it's no big deal. It's amazing. I mean, I yeah. saw bears all yeah. along the way. It was it was cool. Oh, yeah. So yeah. All right, well, that gives us a, a, you know, a snapshot. Basically, if somebody was coming in to BC and wanted to hit something like you know, that's lots of opportunities. Where would you like, do you have on your website? I'm sure you guys have covered this in the magazine. If somebody wanted to dig into the, some of these specific places, where would you send them or tell them or are there other resources? Um, well, I think that, yeah, we don't. So on the website, like we don't do a lot of destination stuff, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so yeah, we kind of, we kind of stay away from destination stuff a little bit. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, so I think like just, uh, you know, there's, um, 
there's fishing, uh, I think it's called um, Fishing BC mm-hmm. that you can go to. And and it's got like, like kind of a list of guides okay. and yeah, that, yep. that, you know, are in different regions. And so you can like, you can check out those places. Yeah kind of online and yeah and that'll kind of get you get you going well we mentioned the only one we need we got skied so pretty much it skied brick house we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna throw right. up skied's uh, yeah. lineup for the next yeah. year that's awesome nice yeah that guy's an absolute gem like if you get a chance to sit down with that guy yeah. and fish with that guy man yeah i'm gonna have to look him up and see uh, if he'll come on the podcast yeah. here uh so oh yeah 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 today's episode is sponsored by tokens fly shop Tokens Fly Shop provides superior quality products at a great price. They have also a great YouTube channel that you can check out right now with uh, new fly tying tutorials each week. Tokens also has you covered if you're looking for unique in-house products. And they also support uh, many, many of the great brands out there that you know and trust. It's been fun connecting with Justin and the family uh, over the years now. And it's it's been really cool. A great local fly shop. Tokens is also offering their fly tying box where they send out materials at a regular cadence where you don't even have to think of it. You just open the mailbox and there's your Tokens pack. And I recently made an order through Tokens and the experience is always perfect. They've got you covered if you ever have questions or need any help, whether that's a YouTube tutorial or connecting with them uh, personally. Since 2005, Tokens has been over delivering on customer service. And it's time for you to check out uh, Togan's Buzz for yourself. You can head over to wetflyswing.com slash Togan's right now to check out their diverse selection of products today. You support this podcast by clicking through that link to Togan's online. That's Togan's, T-O-G-E-N-S. Okay, back to the show. Take us to the, uh, so I want to just touch on bull trout a little bit. You know, it's a, you mentioned sure. a little bit, the meat eaters and stuff, but give us a little rundown on just quickly, you know, you're heading up, let's say we're going to one of these places. You mentioned a bunch of them, whether it's out of Fernie, but you're chasing some big bull trout. What, what are the, you know, talk about the gear real quick, you know, gear, like what, what oh, weight yeah. rod are you using for some yeah. of these bigger fish? Yeah. Some guys, some guys two hand, oh, use wow, two hand yeah. like spay rods for them, yeah. but, but I don't, I normally just use uh like an eight weight. But I'll, I'll use like a, a lot of times I'll use like a 10 foot eight weight rather than a nine foot. Okay. Um, and just cause it, I just find it throws the, throws the sink tips and the heavy flies a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so yeah. So anyways, usually like eight weight rod, uh, you know, quite a bit of backing specifically like, because, you know, some of these, some of these bull trout, like a lot of them are kind of like you know, five to 10 pounds, but you can hook into a bull trout that's like, wow. that's 15, 15 yeah. plus, right? Like that. And, and when you hook into that, like the way that they fight is they, you know, they're not, they're not like coho where they're kind of cartwheeling and jumping and kind of doing that. They're kind of like, they're duking you out. So they're like, they're staying low oh, right. and they're not, and they're not wanting to move very much. Oh, right. Wow. And so you have to, you know, you have to apply quite a bit of pressure to them. So, so you're on like, you know, sink tips, say like a, I don't know, like a 10 foot um, extra fast sink tip usually with say like, um, I don't know, two or three feet of leader. Uh And uh, yeah. And then, um, and then like, I don't, like, I don't know. I know that there's guys that will use flies that are like, giant, (laughs) that are like, you know, a solid, like, and I'm not exaggerating yeah. here, but like, say like a solid foot long, yeah, right? Foot long, like, right. like they're using like, they're using big, big stuff. I like thinking the bigger, the bigger the fly, the bigger the fish. That's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with like, say like a, 
a six inch, like a six, four to four to six inch streamers. Yeah. Um, with like usually usually weighted with uh, even with a cone head, right? So weighted. What would be a name? What would be one name of a fly you think that somebody could look at? Uh, are they uh yeah so like a really popular like any type of like any type of bunny leaf oh, okay slash kind of like dalai lama yeah, yeah. slash yep. kind of like like those things anything that's going to represent like say like a you know like a five inch white white fish. fish or like a you know cutthroat or like in the fall in the fall like you know they're wanting to they'll attack kind of uh flies that are a little more red and white because that's when the kokanee are kind of in oh, the right, in some right. of the smaller streams right uh-huh. so um so they'll they'll attack those then so so it's kind of like anything that's you know that's kind of big and and uh you know you're swinging it i don't know it's a little bit like i guess it's a little bit like steelhead yeah. fishing in a way where know. where you're kind of like swinging slowing sink tips a lot of times yeah, slowing, and slowing it. it down and getting down yeah and, yeah, and you're fine. Are you fishing big? Are you fishing like small creeks, big, medium, big rivers? What are you fishing for? Oh yeah, it it just depends on the time of year. But like, um, say in the like in the fall, a lot of times they're they're in more the main stems. Like they're um they're kind of like in not so much in the tribu- in the tributary streams, but they're like they're kind of back out in some of the bigger the bigger water. And so you got to be you got to be making bigger casts and, and kind of knowing where to go and kind of what, what log jams to fish right. or what kind of tributary mouths to fish, or, you know, you got to be kind of hoofing it or, you know, finding the right places or in a jet boat type thing gotcha. for, for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then, um, but you can like, you know, like a lot of guys too, will fish them kind of when they're, uh, when they're kind of, um, heading up some of their like some of the streams where like they really love um in order to spawn so they love kind of the the very cold mm-hmm. clear water yep. tributary streams and so um so a lot of guys you know kind of in their i would say in their staging or like in their pre kind of pre-spawn right so so where it's still okay to fish for them a lot of guys are you know fishing some guys will fish kind of bigger streamers even in those scenarios but some guys will go with kind of like we'll maybe nymph for them through that time like when they're in kind of some of the smaller streams um and by by nymph i you can i don't know by nymph i mean I, I won't go into like specific flies but um but yeah so some guys will kind of throw more of a nymph setup at them at that point too gotcha like indicator fishing sort of stuff that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that's right. Nice. Yeah. Um, and, and I know, you know, again, this is one of those trout, I, you know, we were thinking, and we're going to have to probably do, well, I think what we're going to do here is is get skeet on, and then we're going to go, yeah. we're going to go deep into bull trout <laughs> because we're, you know, today we're just not going to be able to do it justice, but it sounds right. like it's a streamer game. I mean, that's a lot of people love streamers. They could probably get yeah. some local intel, find a place where they think the fish are going to be, put together your steelhead right. type gear, sinking lines, and some yeah. big streamers and just go for it. And basically what you're yeah. stripping it, when you swing it across, is that kind of downstream and across sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, it's downstream and across, yeah. Um, not not like Kelly Gallup style where some of the, you know, it's more upstream, you're doing all sorts of different things, right? This is more like just standard. Well, it depends depends on how deep the, you know, say the canyon is or the, you know, where you're fishing. But, um, but yeah, sometimes you may have to toss a little bit upstream to get it a little more kind of down in the water column. But, um, but generally, generally it's kind of, yeah, casting it out and letting it kind of, kind of swing through the, the feeding zone there. And yeah, they'll, they'll crush it. They'll, they'll move, they'll move to crush it too. Like, 
Um, but you're not you're not stri- you're not stripping like most of the times you're not stripping anyways. It's just yeah. kind of a yeah, it's just a, a slow swing. Yeah. yeah, slow swing. Gosh, it's cool because it's the one species that, and I'm not sure of the distribution currently, but it just seems like, you know, you go up in Alaska and, you know, the Dolly Barton and, and stuff like that. It's right. It's like coastal yeah. versus inland. But, I mean, you don't hear a lot about sure. bull trout. It seems like BC really has, the like, you are the place for these big bull trout. Is that kind of right. the way it is? Uh, pre- well, there are, like, um, I know down in Montana they have – you know, yep. bull trout down there. I don't think it's as prolific a fishery though. And, no, you hear a lot more um, about browns and rainbows in Montana, you know. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But I know down in Montana and, and Idaho, there's bull trout as well. Um, and then I think actually in, I've seen, there was one fellow who did, uh, who did something down in Oregon on bull trout, yep. but I don't know where it was. It was a very specific spot, I believe. Anyways, yep. one one of the guys in our had a film. Oh, right. Yeah. I yeah. have four, I think. But right. anyways, yeah, but it is, it's, it, it's a very, um, we, I think that like, I know a few people in fisheries management and they've worked, they've worked really hard to, um, to make sure that it's, a, it's very much a sustainable fishery, right? Like that it's, like they've really worked hard to to figure out the patterns of the bull trout and to protect them. Yeah. So they they've done lots of you know lots of studies and you know they've they've tagged them and yeah. and uh, and really kind of like really figured out kind of why it is that that we have a very much prolific um, bull trout fishery up yeah. here and and they've and the way that they manage it is you know same thing just like the the Brian Shan yeah. the 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 uh, Cam that's Luke, right. they, they do a good job at managing things and then can you actually that's right. can you actually kill a uh, bull trout um most places you can't um most places it's catch and release uh, but i believe that that there's a few places in BC that um that in order to kind of balance out the system where they have so many bull trout that there's um there's a few places in the Columbia, I believe in the Columbia range, yeah. like mountain range where, where the bull trout have become very, very prolific. And so they're kind of trying to, trying to balance out that fishery by, by saying that, yeah, you can, you know, you can keep one over like over a certain size and under a certain size. Right. Yeah. Right. So, right. Yeah. Trying to manage yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. What, um, you know, we talked about kind of the regions went around BC. If you look at yourself, you know, again, you've probably been asked this before, but you got, you know, one, one fish, one species, or one area. Maybe it's just go species. What is it? Is it bull trout or is it steelhead? What is the one if you could only kind of hit, hit one in BC? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. It's almost like a don't make me do this. Just yeah. one. Um, it's like because I because I like I have. I would say my very favorite would have to be like the West Slope cutthroat. Oh really? Yeah. Just be yeah. Just because of like like how much I love dry fly fishing. Right. Um, it's like, yeah, they're like, and these are, did you say, and these are the, these are the West slope. Yeah. The West slope cutthroat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're big. What's a big West slope cutty? Well, I mean, I know they're not too big like the other fish, but what is, what would be yeah. a big one? Well, like a big, say a big West slope would be like, like 20 to 22 oh, inches, wow. but most That's of them, big. like most of them, you're kind of like, you know, most of them you're getting are like kind of 12, yeah. 13. Yeah, yeah. And then if you get up into 15, that's a nice fish. And 17 is a beautiful fish. Yeah. But you can you can get like there's some that you can get that. And then there's like there's kind of cut bows as well too where some of them have kind of hybrid like the west slope with the rainbow. Sure. And then some of those get a little bit bigger too, right? Yeah. Where you can catch those kind of up into the 20s. Right, um, right. But, but like it's, it's, it's just kind of – it's the dry fly. It's where you find yourself. Yep. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Because it's like kind of you, you find yourself kind of out in these little like you know headwater streams out in the middle right, of nowhere, yeah. just with nobody around, that is and cool. where where it can be a little bit technical, right? Where you know you but you know if you put that fly kind of like an inch from the log that's like you know across the stream that that there's going to be something that's going to come up and hammer it and like it's just it's it can be just so picturesque right mm -hmm. so i'd say that that's my favorite but like you know to get in kind of like the you know kind of like a sore arm at the end of the day yeah. fix that would be that would definitely be the bull that's trout the bull right trout. like yeah because you're gonna yeah. get a lot is it are you gonna get a lot more action than you would say steelhead fishing Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you find if you find the right place and where they're at, then then you know you can you can have days that are like like just multiple. Really, I don't want to say number yeah, numbers, yeah, but, but like multiple. Yeah, lots yeah. where you can catch lots of them. But then there's days where where you might not be able to find them, right? Yeah, and and you know might be more of a struggle. So right. Um, but but generally speaking, it's not like. You know, it's not like steelheading where it's no. like you can go kind of like days or weeks and swing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's and swing a lot of flies. So it's interesting the way it works because you hear, you know, in April, I remember when we had her on back in the day. Yeah, we talked about that transition of like you know fishing with gear into fly and why people do yeah. it. And I think part of it is the challenge, right? It's a big part because coho is a good example. I mean, we were up in Alaska and we started catching coho. I mean, it was so easy that it was right. I mean I won't say boring but you know what I mean it's like <laughs> yeah. well yeah gosh yeah, and yeah. so there is something to that you know I mean if it's that easy yeah. then it you, it loses the fun so that's why steel right. hanging and yeah. musky and all these other places it's like the new challenge mm -hmm. right right yeah there is that isn't there they're very much where where if you just catch a lot of fish and like where it can become kind of like oh yeah I got another one type thing and and that's kind of like you know I, I think in my older age i've kind of balanced that out knowing that you know no like i don't get bored on those days because i'm like well not every day is going to be like this right yeah and and uh but i think sometimes like through a certain portion of my life i'd be like oh man like you know had a day where he caught like just a ton of fish and and i and you'd just be like oh like you know i've had my fix for a bit but right but now i'm like but now i'm like no no like those days are like you got to cherish those days, yeah, right? Yeah, where yeah. it's like where you catch a ton. There's a chance because there's going to be days where there's going to be days yep. where it's not going to be that no. way, right? And so it kind of like it's like life kind of balances itself out. So yeah, totally nice. Well, we're gonna take yeah. it out of here. We've we've kind of covered a, a few different things today. You mentioned it, it was interesting to start. You know, you mentioned your grandpa and your dad and your brother, yeah. right? It's, it sounds like this this really cool family. And for me, I had a little bit of the same thing. My my grandpa well, it wasn't a big fly angler or whatever, but you know, he got my dad yeah. into it and stuff. And then, um, but the brother is interesting because it sounds like you and your brother, I mean, he, you called him a marketing genius. I mean, what have you learned from your brother doing this? And is he still involved fully and in everything? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's, um, I would say it's, it's his, like, it's his baby. And this is <clears> my <throat> younger brother, my younger brother, Chris. I have an older brother as well, Jay, but, and we all fish together still. Same with my dad too, right? My dad, he's getting, He's getting a little bit older, but we yeah. all still get out fishing. Those that's like, and I have, a, and I have a brother named Chris as well. So the the similarities, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, no, my younger brother Chris, this is kind of, I would say it's his, like it's his baby, right? Like it's like he and his, you know, he and his wife, and um, they've they've really kind of done an amazing job, like in kind of in fly fishing in the fly fishing media space, and um, yeah. So so what have I learned from him? I think that. Um, that he is like, so me, I'm very much a creative type, right? And, 
but I, but I have trouble pulling the trigger sometimes mm. with him. It's like, I, I really appreciate him because when there's a good idea, he he'll chase it yeah. like, and with no, with no thought, right. right? Like he'll just be like, like I'm after that idea. Yep. And it was like, so even like how the TV show came about, it was like, you know, I was, I had, I had this surgery a number of years back and I was kind of laid up for about a week and, and I was sitting at home and I was watching like, I thought, oh, I'll watch like the World Fishing Network, right? So I was watching it. And and literally I called my brother after a few hours of watching the World Fishing Network. And I said, I said, Chris, I said, I said, we can like, we can enter this space and and we can do like, we can do it the way that we do it, which is like, we've got connections where we've got like connections to absolutely like phenomenal cinematographers. We can do this differently where it's not like, you know, where we're not kind of giving everybody a rub where, you know, we're, you know, fishing with so-and-so here and like, we're, you know, with, you know, Billy Bob's worms, right. you get a chance to like, where it's not that right. Where it's like, where we're going to, where we can offer people an experience. And I said that to him, I don't know if I was hopped up on like painkillers yeah. or whatever, when I said that, but I said that to him and like, and literally within the, I would say a day, but it was probably like within the week, he had sponsors lined up. He had like, he had a camera crew huh. lined up. Like, it was like, it was like, no, you're right. Like, kind of like, why haven't we done yeah. this? Right. And so, so, but that's his whole life. It's like, it's like when he sees a, when he sees a good idea, he goes after it and he's got the, he's kind of got the fortitude to, to like, to follow through with that too. Right. Yeah. And then to be okay with the success or the failure that comes as a result of chasing an idea, because really like, like, it's actually like, if you have a bunch of good ideas and you don't end up chasing them, right? That's far. That's far more dangerous than having a bunch of good ideas and chasing them, and some of those not working out. Do you know what I yeah. mean? So, um, so I think that that he's kind of he's kind of figured that out, and that's one thing that I've learned a little bit from him because because I don't naturally do that, right? I'm more of a more of an observer, more of a kind of sit back and you know more of a philosophical type, yeah. I guess you would say. Right. And, uh, but he, yeah. So that's one thing I've learned from him. You guys balance each other out pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. That's cool. Is it yeah. you, is it you yeah. and him? I mean, who's the, who's leading the, who else is there with you guys? Do you have like a, Oh, wow. Yeah, no. So we've got, um, yeah. So, uh, uh we've got, um, a number of different editors, mm -hmm. right? So we've got, yeah. And we've got, um, so myself, I write a column at the front of the magazine, and then I do some content selection. Um, we've got uh, Jim McLennan, who's my co-host, mm -hmm. who also writes a column in the magazine. Uh, we've got like, uh, you know, we've got a number of different kind of editors from from all over the place. We've got, uh, you know, so we're, you know, a lot of times we'll kind of, we'll kind of meet at different points. There, There is like a Fly Fusion Central. Yeah. And it's in the, it's in the Kootenays. It's this really cool little building. Okay. With like, kind of probably the biggest fly in the world out in front of oh, it. Really? So we've got like this, yeah, we've got this Elkercatus that's, I don't even know how big it is. It's probably like, probably about 10 feet large. That's huh. that's like out in, out in front of Fly Fusion headquarters there. It's a really cool little place. But um, so we've got Fly Fusion headquarters. We've got people that, that work out of the office there. Gotcha. And then we've got people that kind of like, kind of work all over North America, yeah. right? That, um that are our editors at large and kind of like different places. So yeah. yeah gotcha. And then, and then two, we've got, you know, we've got film and video editors that go along with, uh, you know, the IF4 and stuff like that. So yeah. So we're kind of like, we're, we've got a central location, yeah. but we're also all over the place. And so, yeah. 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 
just like, no, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, well, before we get out yeah. here, let's mention your book because you got this book and yeah. we haven't talked at yeah, all yeah. about it. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's hear, uh, let, let's hear this because I want to, I know it's uh, a little bit different take on what we've been talking about, but there's probably some, some things that are similar to what we talked about today. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And thank you for bringing that up. And too, it's like, it's like, I think that, that, um, just before I get into the book, I just, I do want to say that, that this has been really cool because it's like, cause you meet different people in fly fishing and, and then just being able to like chat with you, like, honestly, you're somebody that I could literally probably go fishing with for like a yeah, week exactly. or two, like just based on our conversation. Right. Yeah. And like, as we're sitting here talking and like, cool. I'm like, oh man, I could like talk to you all day about totally. fishing. Right. Yeah. So that's a great, as a podcaster, yeah. I mean, that's a great compliment. So definitely appreciate it. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so thanks for bringing up the book yeah. too. Yeah. I have a, I have a new book. It's called, um, it's called last summer on the sage and it's, and it is, it's very, very different in the sense that it's, um, that it's a fictional novel. So it's, uh, you know, if you want to put it into like a kind of a category, um, probably the category it would go into would be like with, uh, say like a river runs through it or like the river Y mm -hmm. or something like that. So it would kind of go into, into that camp. And so if you're like, if you're somebody that likes, I would say good storytelling, like a good fictional book, like, um, say like through the winter months, right. Yeah. Where, where, you, where you still want to get your fix yep. where you like, maybe want to like sit on the couch under a blanket by the fire and that's it and sit there and read and read a good story. Um, that's what, that's what this is. Mm -hmm. It's a, you know, it's a fictional story about a, you know, about a 17 year old kid who grows up in like, it could be like small town anywhere, but, mm -hmm. but it's small town BC. Um, he's, he has to leave to go to university and he's, he's kind of trying to make the most out of his last summer fly fishing the rivers that kind of nurtured him. And, and it's all about kind of the people that he meets along the way. And it's, um, it is, uh, it was, I don't know, it was, it, it was just, a, it was a dream of mine to be able to write the novel. And, um, and it was kind of like, it was in my head for, I would say like 10 years. Oh, wow. and I always thought, oh, they're, they're probably like somebody better that could write it. But then in the end, I'm just like, I'm like, you know what, it's, it's obviously there because Cause it's, you know, cause it's something I have to do. And so I did it. So it, you know, I, I sat down, I was going to say, I sat down one day. It actually took months and months and months, but, yep. um, but I, I sat down and, uh, and wrote this story and it's. Oh, you did. Wow. So you had the idea in your mind yeah. for many years, but then you, you wrote it pretty quick. That's right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Pretty quick. Meaning like, um, I would say like, it probably took me, uh, five months, I would say to, to kind of write like the rough draft of it. Right. And then, uh, and then after that, it, it goes through months and months and months of like kind of editing and having to change certain things. And yeah, but it's, um, it's a, like, it's a story that if you, like, if you love fly fishing and you love kind of like, and you love kind of stories, then I would say you would love this book. And it's like, cause it's got like, um, like, it, you know, say with Ryan, that Ryan's the main character, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, the, the, the story, even the story follows like a hatch chart essentially. Right. Where it's like, you know, he knows that, you know, he knows that, you know, when he's fishing stone flies, for example, that his summer's just starting yeah. and, you know, and that, that when it gets to like, say like hopper season, that he's really excited because hopper season's like, like some of his favorite fishing is to fish hoppers, but he also knows his summer's coming to an end. Right. Right. And, uh, and then, you know, kind of there's parallel plots in it. He's, you know, he's grown up in kind of small town, small town BC, but he doesn't know his dad. And so, oh, wow. so he's like, so he's, he's trying to find his dad and, and then it ends up like, you know, he's got best friends that he fishes with too. And so they're, you know, the relationships that form there are very like, you know, very special relationships. And then he forms this one relationship with this, 
this old guy that he accidentally meets that's like who lives kind of in this cabin out in the middle of absolutely nowhere that nobody's talked to in like like 18 years or 20 years right where um where they kind of form this friendship and and they become like kind of mentor like this guy becomes like this mentor to him anyways it's right. i i love yeah i i loved writing it nice. it was so fun and i was i cool. hope that um i hope that if your listeners kind of go out and pick up a copy that that they'll uh yeah that they would love it too and yeah anyways sounds great what what, what was the name again the title yeah, yeah the title of it, it's called last summer on the sage yeah. and if you want to like if you do want to pick it up um you can uh there's a few different places you can get it like obviously you can go to flyfusionmag.com and there's a little store button little store icon up at the top of that where you can click on that and find kind of the the books through fusion books there's a few of them there Um, but one of them is last summer on the sage and then uh, if you want to kind of support jeff bezos and his next trip to space you can (laughs) uh, you can also you can also google uh, last summer on the sage and my name derek bird and it'll come up on amazon as well so yeah yeah that's right yeah that's right awesome yeah we'll we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes to that and uh Awesome. And yeah, are you, uh, I mean, you know, like you said, you know, we could talk another easily another two hours here because it's, <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, been, yeah. it's been good, but I'll, I'll definitely respect your time here and let you get out of here. And, um, yeah, maybe we'll have to do this again. We'll check back or maybe, maybe you guys are going to get your own podcast. Cause it seems like you keep busting stuff out. Is that on the horizon? Right. Is that yeah. something in the, yeah, in the works yeah. you guys? Um, no, it's no, we're gonna, we're gonna get the TV show back up on plane and then, um, and then who knows, maybe from there, uh, you know, it, it depends on kind of editors yeah. interests and stuff yeah, like that right. too. Right. So yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, but we'll see. We'll see. Perfect. All right. Well, yeah. uh, flyfusionmag.com. We'll send everybody out and, uh, yeah, thanks, uh, Derek for all the time today. And, uh, definitely it's been good getting a little more perspective on kind of you and your family and history and, and fish in BC. So we'll definitely, uh, send some people your way and look forward to keeping in touch with you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dave. It was great chatting with you. So there it is. Another one in the books wetflyswing.com slash 387, 387. You know, that's where it's going to get you. We'll probably throw in the account manager link so you can quickly uh, click over to that if you're interested. We noted that earlier on as we got started today. We are going to be uh, hiring for a new person to come join Team Swing. And this person will have the opportunity to not only manage our community events, um, engage the community, but uh, we'll also likely get a chance to do some traveling. And so this is going to be a good one. Uh, check it out, wetflyswing.com slash manager right now to join. We're going to be closing this up here, um, I believe. I believe I don't have the date in front of me, but I think we have a couple weeks left of this being open. So check it out right now. Or if you know somebody uh, that would be with love, that has these skills, account uh, management, event planning, those are the skills. Wanted to also remind you we have a big giveaway going on right now. Uh, This is with Zag.Fish. They are giving away a $100 gift certificate. Plus, we're giving away a free local guide trip uh, to your neck of the woods for whoever the winner is on this trip. And we've got a little bonus. A little bonus we're giving away as well connected to this podcast. Check it out right now. Wetflyswing.com slash giveaway. We'll get you a chance to enter this giveaway and we're always going to be doing a uh, an event at the end at the end of this so uh, we'll be probably be giving away some bonus things along the way so check it out right now the last one went really well the alaska event we did was a lot of fun so if you want to join get involved in this uh this cool podcast event we're trying to expand things a little bit as we move forward the podcasting is always and always will be the main focus here but it's been fun jumping into some new things here as we've been moving forward and 
And now as we're into December, um, you know, we're, as my kids would say, they've got their rings, they're checking off the, the days to Christmas, which I remember doing when I was a kid, you know, the countdown. I think I, I love the calendar, you know, and uh, we're, I guess, 25 days from Christmas. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear what's on your Christmas uh, wish list. If you can, send me an email, dave at wetflyswing.com. Uh, or uh, on social media, Wetfly Swing, and, and let me know. I'd love to hear one thing that you would be loving to get on your fly fishing wish list for Christmas under that Christmas tree this year. It gives me opportunity also to connect with you uh, during the holidays and, uh, and just enjoy and celebrate uh, everything we have going. So I appreciate your support this year. Appreciate you checking in and hanging in all the way to the very end on this one. And I'm looking forward to getting in that next episode and, uh, and diving in and having a lot of fun. All right, I hope to catch you on a upcoming trip we have going, maybe on the water somewhere. And if I don't connect with you there, connect with me online anytime. Okay, we're out of here. Hope you have a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good evening, wherever you are in the world. And I appreciate your support. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.